I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to mini episode 125 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have three spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from May the 27th, 2021. And story number one comes from Sarah. When I was a little kid, aged between two and five, I had a best friend named Wheezy. She and I did everything together, as I was an only child at the time and not in school yet. She was about six or seven and we would play every single day, colouring, watching TV, playing with my Barbies and everything else under the sun. The only thing was that she'd never talked much, which wasn't a big deal because sometimes kids are shy. One day my mum was showing me pictures of her family from an album from when she was little. I was so excited seeing the photos of my great-grandma as a young woman and my mum and uncle as children. Then we got to a photo of Wheezy herself. I jumped up and down yelling, Look, Mama, it's Wheezy, excited to see my friend. I knew from the look on everyone's face that something was wrong, and my mum started crying. Turns out Wheezy was her cousin. They were best friends and inseparable as children. Unfortunately, Wheezy died during a surgery to remove her tonsils where they cut too deep. Mum was devastated, but was happy to know she was my best friend. Weirdly enough, I never saw Wheezy again after that. Maybe she found closure. Maybe she moved on. Whatever it was, I just hope she's happy now and at peace. My mom married my stepdad when I was 10. I'm 28 now and have three younger sisters, aged 10 to 18. We moved around a lot growing up, like I'm talking 12 times. Three of those houses were haunted and scared the shit out of me, but I'm only going to tell you about the worst one. We moved to a quiet neighbourhood in the suburbs. All of the houses there were split-level type homes until we pulled up to this driveway and up on the hill was a huge home that looked nothing like the rest. We were so excited to move into such a nice place. Everything was clean and brand new and I couldn't unpack fast enough. The first few weeks were great. Both my parents worked. One kid was in daycare and one was in school. After I got off the bus I would walk down the road and pick her up and we would be alone in the house until dinner time. My sister and I both did not like being in the house alone. We agreed it felt really weird and creepy so we would stick together and watch TV in the living room until our parents came home. One night I was watching TV in my room. My dog always slept with me so she was in my bed as well. All of a sudden she jumped up and growled at the wall next to my bed. I never heard her growl before in the seven years that I had her. It was just a wall which backed up to the outside of the house as my room was a large one right above the garage on the opposite side of the house from everyone else. 
Thinking she was being dumb or saw her shadow, I ignored her and turned back to my show. A second later, my sister came bursting through my door, freaking out, saying there was a man in her room, and she jumped on my bed and hid under my covers. Scared, I screamed for my mom and dad because our youngest baby sister also sleeps in that room, so I was thinking the worst. After telling them what she saw, my dad grabbed my bat from the closet and went to my sister's room, but there was no one there, or in the closet, or under the bed. My baby sister was still asleep and nothing seemed out of place. Thinking she must have woken from a nightmare, my parents let her sleep in my room and we went to bed. Seeing this man became a regular occurrence over the next few weeks, to the point where I just started letting her sleep in my bed with me permanently so we could sleep through the night. After a few weeks, I started to get weird feelings that made me stop in my tracks. I finally stopped ignoring them and realised that something was very, very wrong. This house had someone else in it, someone that didn't belong to my family. I started seeing shadows move in the dark of my room. I knew it wasn't just my eyes playing tricks, it looked like someone dipped down in front of my window shades making their way around my room. For reference, my bed was in a cutout in the wall and the windows were on the opposite end. I would lay awake watching these shadows and finally confirmed it wasn't just me being crazy when one night my sister whispered, Do you see it too? Shaken up, I tried to be brave and told her yes, but that it was just shadows from the lights outside. The next day I found a burnt piece of wood on the floor next to the post of my bed. I couldn't figure out what it came off so I threw it out. I shit you not, I came back into my room and it was right there in the same place again. Freaked out, I threw it out again and slowly came back into my room. This time it was gone. A little shook up, I went into the computer room to play online to get my mind off my nerves. While in there, I had an overwhelmingly eerie feeling that someone was standing near me, staring at me. Just then I heard my baby sister's mobile going off and instantly felt my heart pounding as I was home with only my dad. I yelled for him and he came running up asking what was wrong and I told him to listen. He heard it too and slowly turned around and went into their room. He said, that was weird, and turned it off. As he started walking back down the stairs, it started up again and we looked at each other confused and freaked out. He went back in, took it off the crib and brought it into the office to the light and pulled the batteries out. He put it back on the crib and as soon as he turned to leave the room it started up again and started spinning. Clearly scared he ripped it off and threw it on the floor and shut the door. We decided to both go downstairs for now and tell my mom about what happened when she got home. That night my mom came home and we decided not to say anything as she had a rough day at work and we didn't want to upset her. So my dad, my sister and I were watching TV in the living room while my mom folded the laundry in the dining room. Suddenly my mom came stomping into the living room cursing my dad out saying what is wrong with you? Confused my dad asked her what she was talking about. My mom yelled how dare you call me a bitch I didn't do anything to you and I'm here doing your fucking laundry. Me and my dad looked at each other and we were like we've been in here the whole time and no one said that to you. My mom was shocked and made me swear that it wasn't him. I told her that it wasn't that we were watching our TV show. So then we decided to tell her about the incident with the mobile. She was just as freaked out as we were, but thinking there was nothing we could do anyway, we all just let it go and agreed that it was creepy. 
Later that night, my sister and I were watching TV in my room as we did every night before bed. My dog suddenly jumped off the bed and ran to my door crying and scratching at it. Thinking she must have to go to the bathroom really badly, I told my sister to stay there and I'll let her out. I ran downstairs and opened the back door to let her out. While waiting, I stayed in the kitchen, watching her through the door since it was winter and freezing. While waiting, I heard a scratching noise from behind me. I turned around really fast since it startled me and stared into the rest of the house trying to figure out what it was. We also had a cat at the time, so I assumed he was getting into something. It stopped, so I turned back around to see if my dog was done yet. I looked out back and she was staring at the window next to me with her ears back growling. I have never seen my dog act this way, so I looked next to me but nothing was there. I quickly let her back in and she immediately ran to the basement door and started scratching and barking. The basement door was locked all the time. It had storage down there from the landlady, so we were not allowed down there and it had a lock that we had no key to. My dad came downstairs angry because my dog barking had woken him up. I told him what happened and he checked the handle to the basement and it was still locked. He told my dog to knock it off and we started going back up to bed and we both heard a meow coming from the door. Shocked, we looked at each other and ran back to the door. I grabbed a flashlight to look under the crack of the door and our cat was on the other side trying to come back up. The door was still locked, so how the fuck could he possibly be down there? My dad and I were freaking out at this point since we didn't have the key and we were clearly confused and worried. My mom came running down and lost her mind when we told her what was happening. She grabbed the phone and called our landlady. Luckily she answered considering it was around 10pm and she rushed over and opened it. My cat came bolting out of the basement and ran straight upstairs without taking a second look back. He hid under my parents' bed for two days before coming out again. Obviously scared and confused, my parents confronted our landlady before she could leave. She was always very quick when she stopped by and always preferred to stay out front to chat. She sighed and sat down at the kitchen table while my mom made tea for us all. I could tell the woman was extremely uncomfortable and nervous. She told us she could never get tenants to stay here for longer than a few months at a time. She explained that she believed the house was haunted, which was why she moved out, but couldn't afford to sell it at the moment, so she needed the rent money from it. Apparently the reason the house looked so much bigger and newer than the others in the neighbourhood was because the original home burned down. A disabled man and his caretaker lived there and unfortunately perished in the fire. The home was demolished and rebuilt to her specifications when she bought the property. She had moved in and realised things weren't right very quickly and after a few experiences of her own that she refused to tell us about, she moved out. I guess that explains the burnt wood that I kept finding near my bed. Hearing all this made the hair on my arms stand up, but at that point we all knew it was haunted. At least now we knew by who. Trying to act like everything was okay in our house became harder and harder to do. My sister and I would hear banging at night from different walls. We heard what sounded like things being thrown around in the garage under us, but nothing was ever out of place. We would ignore it and sleep with the TV on and never leave each other's side. One day my sister was getting dressed for bed in her room when I heard her scream. 
I ran in and she was backed up on the floor crying against her bed, saying the man was in her closet. My dad came running in and we checked her closet to assure her she was okay and no one was there. Upon checking, we noticed a weird crawl space door. My dad pried it off and behind was an entire room that ran the length of the house, including my room. This room was on the other side of my wall that my dog would growl at almost every night. I wanted to leave and move out and never come back. I was so scared day in, day out, and was a shaking mess every day when I came home alone. I eventually started walking straight to my sister's school when I got off my bus and would just sit there for an hour until she was done so I didn't have to go home alone. The experiences became more and more frequent and scarier. I would see a man walking on the stairs or through the kitchen as I was leaving the house in the morning for school, knowing damn well my dad was still asleep and couldn't just magically be downstairs the second I closed the front door. I would feel threatened and scared every time I had to take a shower or use the bathroom. None of us were getting any sleep, and eventually my parents decided that we would move out. One night my parents and I were watching a movie on TV, when we heard what sounded like glass clanking in the kitchen. We looked over to the kitchen but nothing was there. Suddenly my cat came running out of there and ran upstairs so we assumed it was him, until we heard it again. Louder and louder and louder like someone was attempting to smash a glass on another glass when my mom finally had enough and screamed, Leave us alone! Get out of here! Just leave! It got quiet. Too quiet. We all sat on edge looking at each other when suddenly bang, as if someone kicked or slammed against our metal fireplace next to me. It felt like it shook the whole house and we heard a man's voice yell back, No. With that we all got up, each packed a bag, grabbed the kids and we went to stay with my aunt. My parents found another rental a few minutes away and we ended our lease early. The landlady understood but was still upset. We hired movers as none of us wanted to be in that home. We packed our things very quickly and unorganised just wanted to leave. My dad and I went back alone to grab any loose ends we still had as there were a few boxes my mom insisted she didn't want the movers to take in fear of them breaking. So I went into my old room for one last look and noticed my old wicker shelf my grandma gave me was still on my wall. I grabbed the only chair left and stood on it to try and untwist the screws that were holding it up, using a paperclip that I found. My dad startled me when he came in and said, It's time to leave, and put his hand on my shoulder. I jumped and scolded him and asked him to hold the screws for me. I gave him four screws and then got down so we could go. When I turned around he was gone. Annoyed and confused, I took a step to leave and felt something under my shoe. I looked down and all the screws were on the floor. I went to find my dad down in the kitchen and said, We didn't have to throw the screws on the ground, and rolled my eyes and told him I was ready to go. My dad looked at me confused and said, What? I didn't drop any screws. Hand me that box, I still need a few minutes, I want to wrap these dishes. I looked at him, freaking out, and I said, You just told me it was time to go. I handed you the screws to my shelf and then you left. 
My dad shook his head. He had been there since we had got there, and he hadn't left the kitchen. I was done, and I told him I would wait in the car. I ran outside and never looked back at the house. I sat in the car, staring at my hands until my dad came and we left for good. Since then, I've driven past the house a few times as it's not far from my aunt's house. Every time I do, I still get a sick feeling in my stomach. The most eerie part about passing it is that there's always a for rent sign out front. Okay, no, I'm sorry. That whole thing was horrific. And Sarah or Sarah, whichever way you pronounce it, if you're listening to this, this is your trigger warning. And I'm sure you've thought of this before. But what if that was a real person living in that house? What if that was a real person living in that crawl space? The Poisoner's Cabinet did a story on Patreon a while ago where this man was convinced his house was haunted after his wife died. And anyway, spoiler alert, turns out that there was a man living in the attic of the house. The house was not haunted. There was a man living in the attic. What in the world? What if that room, what if he's living in, living in that room that your dad and your sister found? And that that's why your dog kept barking at the wall that's why all of things like there was all those sounds the banging the man shouting no back no I'm sorry that whole thing was terrifying I was on edge the entire time obviously the wheezy story at the beginning is terrifying but we know that kids have imaginary friends we know that kids are freaky you know and we know that they are friends with people that that have been lost in times gone by and that's the that's the risk you take when you decide to have children But the rest of that story is so scary. How did the burning wood get into your house? Especially when the house, the burnt, the the house that was damaged in the fire was demolished and a new house was built and reconstructed. There shouldn't be any burning burnt wood or charred wood left. Like why did that keep appearing in your bedroom when the house was burnt down? Oh, this whole story gave me the heebie-jeebies. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And story number two comes from Abby. One evening, roughly 14 years ago, I was at my ex-boyfriend's house and his mum had a friend over that evening who was able to communicate with the dearly departed. My grandpa passed away in October 2000 after a short but brutal battle with lung cancer. I was nine at the time and while I understood he was unwell, I hadn't yet had an experience of death so I didn't really understand that he wouldn't get better and would soon pass away. I always felt very guilty and sad that I never got to say goodbye to my granddad as we were very close when I was younger. 
Fast forward to that night at my ex's house and I start talking to this woman who said she could communicate with the dead and I explained how I just wished I could say goodbye to my granddad. She told me that he is healthy, happy, but was cradling a small baby. She asked me if myself, my mom, or my half-sister had lost a child. She didn't know anything about my family, let alone a half-sister, as she lives in a different country with my mom, so this was already getting weird. She kept saying this child was connected to one of us. It wasn't me or my sister, and so I just kind of shrugged it off as a mistake. Except she kept saying this little baby, a boy, was safe and being looked after by my granddad. After a while of chatting to this woman and hearing other strange details, I still have no idea how she could have known, as I generally didn't talk much about my granddad to people because of how sad it would make me. I called my nan, my granddad's wife, and told her about this medium and asked her if she knew anything about it so I could find out if it was true or not. My nan went quiet for a while and then said, Your parents were expecting a child, a boy, before you were born but your mum sadly miscarried. I asked my dad who I lived with and he also confirmed this was true and that I came along not long afterwards. While this story isn't really scary, it felt like a weird ghostly detective type thing that led me to find out from a medium that I would have had a full sibling. Freaky as fuck. I have such mixed feelings about people who claim to be mediums such mixed feelings about it because sometimes I think no it's all nonsense like it's ridiculous and then other times I think but is it though but is it are there people who have these genuine abilities and it seems like from some of the stories that we get in there are people who have these genuine abilities it's really interesting that this medium talked about your mum and your half sister Because half-sister is actually quite specific. I mean, she could easily have just said sister and not... And and you would still know who she was referring to. But saying half-sister is really specific. And then knowing that there was this baby, this little boy who was very sadly lost prior to your birth. I don't know. Like, why? how, how would she know that information? That specific information? It's weird. It's weird, man. And I just want to clarify before I go any further... That if you are a medium or if you work as a medium or if you are sort of casually a medium, if that makes sense, if it's something that's just happened to you, I'm not saying that what you're experiencing isn't real. However, I have met mediums in my lifetime who have been very disingenuous. Um, When I say medium, I suppose self-proclaimed mediums who have been very disingenuous and at times I would say quite inappropriate and at times also quite mercenary where they charge a lot of money to vulnerable people. So if you are a medium and you're listening to this, I'm not saying that what you do is not real. Just want to clarify that. And story number three comes from Chelsea. I've been quite hesitant in regards to sending this email as I fear with bringing up the past, it might draw whatever this was back to me. But let's get into the story. My mother, myself and my brother are very in touch with our feelings, let's say. We're quite a sensitive bunch. My father, on the other hand, is a hardcore sceptic in regards to anything spiritual. He has reasoning for everything. I find it difficult to explain things like this, but I'll try my hardest. My brother has a sight for things out of the ordinary for sure. My mother would get a feeling as such about something around her, a place or a person. And I believe I'm just very open to anything that is wanting to be heard. 
This story doesn't really involve my mother as such, but my brother plays a slight part in it. Up until I was about 11 years old, we lived in a housing estate, and then after that we moved to the countryside, in the absolute back arse of nowhere. My experiences started when I was about 8 or 9. I used to sleep in the front bedroom of our housing estate. I had a collection of porcelain dolls. My grandmother would buy them for me and my cousins on special occasions and birthdays, etc. But I had this one doll. I believe my mother still has her in the hot press. If she does, I will insert a photo. She came in a sitting position with a cushion to sit on, and I kept her on a little dresser beside my bed. I absolutely loved her. When I was quite young, I used to watch an awful lot of horror movies with my cousin Emma. I'm a horror movie enthusiast, I would say, so when things began to happen, I put it down to my imagination and never mentioned it to my parents. One night I was in bed watching just your regular childhood movies and my dog Sandy at the time used to sleep in my bed with me. But that night she was acting so strange. She kept staring at the doll in a way that just made me feel uneasy. She would get up and move from top to bottom of the bed repeatedly while just staring at this doll. I remember giving her a little tap to say stop and lie down. She lay down eventually and started aggressively growling at the doll. And when I tell you this, I know for sure you guys will not believe me, but I know what I saw that night. Once she started growling, I turned to look at the doll. And as I turned to look, it looked to me as if she had been staring at me and turned her head so quickly. I shit you not. When I mean to say I leapt out of the bed as quick as I've ever moved in my life, I told my mum and she said it was clearly my imagination playing tricks on me. She took the doll out of my room that night as I point-blank refused to sleep in the room with her. Safe to say she was not allowed back in my room. Luckily for me, that was the first and last thing that happened with regards to the doll. To be honest, with the housing estate home, only two distinct things happened that I can remember. The second thing that happened in that house that really spooked me was one night I was asleep and I was woken up to static on my TV. I used to sleep with the TV on. And as I got out of bed to replay whatever movie I had in the player, I heard a little thump over by my wardrobe. Where my wardrobe was, I had the wash basket in front of it and there was a gap between the two, so I could obviously open the wardrobe when needs be. But I turned around once I heard the thump and I could see two feet sticking out of the gap. Excuse my language, but I fucking legged it out of my room. I slept in a bedroom with my brother that night. When I was around 11, my parents gave me the devastating news that we were moving to the absolute back arse of nowhere. I was completely gutted. I was terrified of not having my cousins, my grandparents and the rest of my family at arm's reach. And then, to top it off, I had to start over in a new school, make new friends and it was all very overwhelming. We had moved into our new home and my cousin Emma came to spend the entire summer with me to help me adjust. I adjusted quite quickly and I loved my bedroom. It had this huge open window looking out to the front of the garden and had its own walk-in wardrobe which I was so happy about. I thought I was the shit. For the first year and a half everything was great. I was really starting to love where we were and had great friends and was heading to secondary school which is so exciting when you're younger. And then I started noticing things going on in my bedroom and my bedroom alone. 
Late at night, when I would be on MSN on my laptop, I'd hear this very light tapping coming from the wall of my wardrobe, which is where my bed was pressed against. It started out so faint to begin with, and the more I ignored it, the louder it would get. At first I thought maybe it was mice stuck in the wall, because we were living in the countryside, and it's normal to have mice here, you know? But then I copped that it was coming in threes and stopping for around six seconds. That would go on for a total of three times and then it would stop a while and then it would do the exact same thing. Three knocks, break for six seconds, repeat three times. The three knocks to me were the mocking of the Holy Trinity. Six second breaks and repeating this cycle three times would make the seconds sequence 666. Is this me overanalyzing or does this seem legit? You tell me. That would happen for months on end with no other activity. I mentioned it to my parents and it was pretty much brushed off as nothing so I just ignored it. For some reason my room was the only room in the house that would also be absolutely Baltic for no reason whatsoever. I would just be sitting in my room doing my homework and the next minute it would feel like the room's temperature dropped to minus. I'd say to my parents but again brushed it off as nothing. There was one night where I'd been on MSN to my cousin Lauren and we were chatting away as you do and I had a movie on in the background. It might have been white chicks but I'm not sure. Anyway, me and Sandy were cuddled up in bed and Lauren was chatting away and I remember I went to reply to something. We were on MSN call so I took a deep breath and sighed but as I did so I could see my own breath so clear. Bear in mind the room wasn't cold at all. Needless to say, once again, the laptop was fucked across the bed. I grabbed Sandy and ran into my mum and dad's, bawling my eyes out because I was just so freaked out. I completely and utterly refused to go back into that room. So my poor dad had to get out of bed and turn everything off and grab my blanket and pillows. Everything so I could sleep on their floor. I'm not joking when I say I slept in their room for a week and dreaded the thought of going back into that room. There were other small things that happened, especially with the wardrobe, such as I'd have no windows open, doors closed, and the string curtains would start swinging back and forth out of nowhere. I would occasionally hear footsteps come out of the wardrobe and walk up beside my bed. Sandy would just sit there and stare at the wardrobe for ages. Just small things like that. There was one night in particular that I remember. I had some of my friends over for a sleepover, and during the day we were just chilling in my room, and I had this Bratz camper van that I got for my birthday one year off my grandmother. Now obviously I was about 12 or 13 at the time, so I didn't play with it anymore. So I put it on the very bottom shelf of the wardrobe and just left it there. The camper van had a real life radio in it, but it hadn't worked in years. And I remember me and my friends were just chatting away as young girls do, and my friend Megan turned around and said, What is that noise? I just thought maybe it was the TV in the sitting room, but it was coming from the wardrobe. All five of us walked over to it hand in hand. I went into the wardrobe and looked into the camper van and you guessed it, the radio was on. So I was losing the will to live at this stage. I genuinely thought I was going insane until that night, when all five of us decided to sit in a fucking circle, hold hands and call on the elements because I refused to make a Ouija board. So we called on the elements to see if we could contact whatever was stuck or, you know, just there. We all said our pieces and blessed ourselves for protection just to be safe 
and we were just being gobshites. We shouldn't have even tried to contact whatever it was, but we did. Me and one of the other girls were sitting with our backs facing the wardrobe. I remember Megan had said something like, If you're there, make yourself known. And as she said that, a gust of air came from the wardrobe and caught me in my friend's hand. The two was literally reefed each other's hands away from one another and hopped onto the bed with fear. We stopped after that and didn't sleep for the rest of the night. The majority of that group wouldn't stay in my house after that, which was fair enough. After that night, things just kept happening and I ended up moving to the spare room because my brother wasn't living with us at the time and I had had enough of all the malarkey. A year or so later, my brother came home to stay with us as we were all going on family holiday the following morning, so it just made sense for us all to be under the same roof. Now, throughout this whole experience of everything that happened in that room, we never told him a single thing because he gets so freaked out over the littlest of things, he doesn't even watch horror movies. But he had to stay in my old room anyways, and all was fine. Until we got up the next morning to head to the airport. We were all in the hallway getting our luggage together, and he turned to my mum and said, Mammy, why on earth were you standing at the end of my bed at three in the morning when we had to be up at six? And my mum just looked at me and I remember feeling sick to my stomach with anxiety. But I also felt a sense of relief because I knew I wasn't alone now. I knew I wasn't the only one that had seen or felt something in that room. My mum explained on the journey up what had been going on and when we got back from our holiday, my dad knocked the wardrobe down. Within a couple of weeks, I was back in the room. I only moved out of my parents' house nearly two years ago now and I had never experienced anything since. I don't know if whatever was in the first house attached itself to me and then transferred to the wardrobe as a state of settledness or comfort or whether it was just two completely different experiences. Chelsea did indeed send me a picture of the porcelain doll and as always I'll post that picture on Instagram, Facebook and on Patreon so you can get a good look and really imagine the horror of seeing her snapping her head away from you when you've caught her watching you because that is what everybody needs. If this was nothing, if that didn't happen or if it was in your imagination, then why was the dog staring at her for so long? Why was the dog pacing up and down the bed staring at the doll and then the doll was watching you? And look, I'm not, a, I'm not a person who's afraid of dolls. I'm really not. But would I be afraid of a doll if it came to life? Potentially. Ah, probably not, actually. I feel like you could fight a doll. You could easily fight a doll. And look, to be honest, you know my thoughts about the whole three knocks mocking of the Trinity thing. I just don't. I just think it's something that's been made up by the likes of Ghost Adventures to make things seem more dramatic than they are. And I really don't think that that people should be really worried about these things happening in threes and it means that it's demonic. Although they do say that the Banshee and all that jazz, you know, if she comes in the form of the Raven or the Three Knocks, that it is Three Knocks. So maybe, mm, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's actually not a good thing. I don't think it's a good thing in general, but I also don't think it's a mocking of the Trinity. And I'm going to say one more thing about this. And that is that the craft... The movie, the 1996 film The Craft, has a lot to answer for. I can guarantee you that Chelsea and her friends had seen The Craft and they thought, do you know what we'll do? We'll call the corners and then we'll be able to get whatever it is to communicate with us. And look how that turned out.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Sarah, Abby and Chelsea for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from May the 27th, 2021. And if you would like to learn anything about Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast, you can do so by checking out our website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.